Welcome to Digital Conversations, a podcast about using digital channels to engage your prospects and customers and make more money. All right, everyone, welcome to the show today. I am your host, Billy Bateman, and today I am joined by Jackie Lipnicki, um, an account executive at New Relic, and she's got some very interesting strategies to share with us. Um, Jackie, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And uh, before we get going, if you can just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about New Relic. Sure. Um, so I started out as an SDR. I moved my way up through the chain, eventually was an SDR manager for a while. And now I've been an account executive for the last year and a half or so. Um, I'm currently at New Relic. And for those of you who uh, don't know what New Relic is, ultimately we are working with IT professionals basically to make sure that they have digital experiences that work for their customers. So um, when you and I are engaging with software, we want it to work well. And so we help them to do that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, okay, so so let's get into it. And uh, when we, we talked about doing a podcast, one of the things you mentioned that was super interesting to me and I think will be interesting to the audience is you at a previous company, you guys uh, deployed a uh, like a quiz to call um, strategy. And I'd love for you to just share how that worked and, and what the results were there. Yeah. So my uh, first job I ever worked for was for uh, in the tech space was a um, content marketing company and they built interactive content. And one of those things were, you know, quizzes, assessments. Um, and for us as a sales team, we would basically leverage those quizzes and send those out to our prospects and they would fill out a series of questions. And they were oftentimes fun and lighthearted and, you know, kind of like a Buzzfeed style of if you were whatever industry you're selling to, if you were this kind of, you know, whatever, what would you be? If you did this, what would you look like? And then we'd throw in some hard hitting questions that were more in line with what we needed as far as what's your maturity level in this space. So um, at the end of the quiz, we would get all the results back and it would give us as SDRs and as account executives, the ability to go and then target the people that we could see were answering questions that clearly had pains that aligned to what we could solve for. And so um, an example might be that if you're a demand gen marketer working for the IT security space, you might ask some questions like, um, you know, if you were a security system, which would you be if you were trying to figure out where your weaknesses are? What would you say are your biggest weaknesses if you were this or that? And so those questions would kind of surface up some great answers for us and help us with our targeted messaging. Yeah. So as a sales rep, you, they, they, you know, if I'm, I'm thinking about this, if I'm a prospect, I get a quiz. Yeah, I might fill that up out more likely than respond to a cold email to say, hey, you know, like we've got this great solution for you. You know, not that I'm, I've never responded to a cold email, but, uh, but it's, I mean, we all know, like you rarely respond to those things. <laughs> um, but a quiz, I would probably fill out if I thought it was pertinent to me. Now, on the SDR side of things, I could see the huge benefit being you've got some relevant information and the timing um, was right there because I feel like timing is almost everything in sales. 
I think it's really great from a timing perspective, but it also does a really good job, especially if the quiz is done right, of having strong brand awareness. Because now that person who's been through a quiz has already seen your logo, they've already gotten familiar with you, they've already decided that there's some level of trust and credibility, and they're intrigued. And so when they get this phone call and it's from Jackie Lipnicki at New Relic and they just took a quiz with New Relic yesterday, and I know the things that they're struggling with, it's much more exciting and impactful for that prospect to say, yeah, I'll give you a shot. I'll hear you out. I'm interested, obviously. That's why I took the quiz in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I I love that idea. Um, I think it's an awesome strategy. People can can try it. I think I might try to get our marketing team to do it. Um, we'll have to figure out a good quiz. Um, so when you guys were making these quizzes, was it, a, you mentioned it was like a mix of like fun questions and then the questions with the information that you guys needed. Um, where did you strike the balance there? Uh, it really depends on the tone of your company and what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, there are quizzes which are typically like under five questions. They're usually pretty light um, and are more for top of funnel, just generating that awareness. Yeah. Then you can do assessments, which are a little bit more mid funnel, which is when you're really just kind of going and you're asking 25 questions and trying to get a little bit more serious. Um, one quiz we did at my last company, we were, uh, um, we basically helped small, medium businesses with their blogging strategy. And so we made a quiz that was how mature is your blogging strategy? Would you say that you're, you know, a seed, a little plant or a full grown tree? Um, would you say that your blogging strategy is mostly, you know, uh, sending an email once a week, once a month or once a year? And so some of the questions for us just gave us insight into what they were currently doing. But for them, it was also fun to be like, "Ooh, what am I? Am I mature? Am I this? Am I that? So yeah. the questions were a little more well-rounded to be engaging and user-friendly. Yeah, I like it's like the um, the HubSpot, used to, I think they still do it, the website mm -hmm. grader. You know, like yeah. you're going to get a grade. You're going to see where you fit. That's why you plug it in. Um, they get a lead and, you know, they'll put, start nurturing you. Um, but I like the offer, you know, see where you are, where you stack up. Um, it's a great way, I think, to engage people with uh, just a low entry point, not a high commitment of, hey, I'm going to email the sales rep back and then they're going to try to sell me, <laughs> you know, like, let me just do the quiz and then you guys can determine, does this look like they're a fit? And then we can start some outreach and they're also somewhat familiar with us already. Yeah. And it's really good. Uh, it's just a really good way to bridge that gap between sales and marketing because marketing is trying to bring in the right leads and sales is trying to work the right leads. And so this does a really good job of bringing in a handful of qualified people and then simultaneously letting the SDRs and AEs qualify from a high level. Do they match our criteria? Should I work this? Is this worth my time? Yeah. Yeah. So was marketing just giving you the list of everyone who replied and then you guys chose who you worked out, who you reached out to? Or did it just, you know, show up in your outreach sequences or your Zant playbooks, whatever you guys were using? Um, I think it definitely depends on how the quizzes are built. So I used to work for a company called Ion Interactive. They were a content marketing platform and we built these quizzes. So for them, as people responded, they could actually take the results, push them straight into our Salesforce as new leads, and we could work them that way. Um, simultaneously, you know, when I was working at Salesloft and Matcha, we would just more so use those quizzes in our outreach sometimes to generate cold outreach and get people to actually respond or from an inbound perspective, marketing would blast those out and then they would send the leads over to us. And, um, you know, depending on how they created the lead or the quizzes, either as 
um, lead files or actually get that data straight into Salesforce, depending on if they used a tool or if it was homegrown. Okay. Okay. Um, great. Is there anything else you want to cover on this before we, we move on to our next, our next topic? Um, the only thing I'll say is if you're a demand gen listener and you're building one of these quizzes, uh, make sure that you can capture the data and the answers. So that way you can arm your sales reps to be more effective. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about, and I, this one I, I thought was really interesting as well was, um, take, making the shift as a sales team from working very small accounts to a larger targeted list. And uh, you guys are in the middle of, of this transition right now. So I thought it would be interesting to get your perspective and, and see how it's going and, and what you guys are learning along the way. Yeah, so it's an interesting shift. We um, previously would be able to have different sized packages and therefore we could sell to pretty much anyone. And the best example I can give you is we used to be an auto parts shop and you could come in and just buy your brakes or just buy your steering wheel. And now we're selling you the whole car. And it's a very different mentality. And it's obviously a lot more valuable if you can have that car that's going to get you from point A to point B. But people are used to coming to us for much smaller buys, much more transactional, much less strategic partners. Um, what we've had to do from a selling standpoint is really switch up the way that we are considering the accounts that we're going after. Um, and in my segment in particular, we're selling to employee sizes zero to 250. So there's no longer just put everybody into a cadence and spray and pray and hope that people need a part of this are gonna respond. It's much yep. more laser focused. Um, you know, these are the companies that we actually think can spend a hundred grand. Our minimum is 25 K let's target those people. So that way, even if they want to start small, we're still going to be within their range because it doesn't make sense for us to go for the people that there's that stretch fit. Maybe there's that off chance that they're like, we'll go all in day one and just spring for that, uh, you know, minimum, because that's all we can do to test this out. Awesome. Awesome. So what have you guys found? What's working well for you as you're making this shift? And and is there anything you've tried that hey, this is just didn't work or we haven't figured out how to make it work yet? Um, qualification has become a huge game changer. I mean, we used to just kind of talk to anyone and it was like, all right, there's a chance we can get them to buy something. We'll keep talking with them. We'll get them to do a little test here, try something there. Whereas now it's been much more of a laser focus with looking at things like Crunchbase and seeing who's getting funding on a regular basis and targeting the people that have in their press release. These are strategic initiatives we're working on and we know that there's alignment. Yeah. Um, simultaneously, I would say using LinkedIn sales nav has been huge because I actually go through and I sell to um, developers, engineers, and basically the IT world. So now I look and I see, okay, am I seeing that at least 20% of their org is built up of engineers? Because that gives me guidance that they're actually investing in their engineers. That's a huge part of their team. Those people need support and there's a likelihood that they will give them budget versus a 200 person company that has two engineers, they're probably thinking of them as a lower tier and aren't getting the same degree of resources. Agreed. Agreed. I, so one thing, you know, we've worked with a, a lot of companies and as consultants and, and seeing companies go through this shift myself, um, where it's, you know, much smaller package to all of a sudden we're getting a lot tar more targeted, moving up market. 
And we've seen there are a lot of benefits, um, and but it's just a hard transition sometimes to make. Um, so as a sales rep, you know, where you you're going from, hey, I can I can work like anything, you know, within my territory um, to man, I've you know, I've only got like a quarter of the possible deals that I used to have. How how are you adjusting? How's the team adjusting to being much more targeted in what they're doing on a daily basis? Is that is that going well? Because I, I think you can make a lot more money by going up market as a rep. Um, but it's you just got to be more deliberate in what you're doing is what I've seen. I exactly. Um, so I actually was watching the movie Hidden Figures last night about the women who were helping NASA. And yeah. the woman every day basically is crunching numbers. And then she goes and she runs up to her boss at the end of the day and says, I've come up with this great formula. I'm so excited. We're going to land on the moon. And he says, actually, we learned some new piece of information later this afternoon. All your in, Everything you've done today is irrelevant. And they're moving at such a fast pace that she can't keep up. And so she has to whatever. That's a movie. But in tech, I was like, this is so relevant to us because what happened and what worked for you last week really might not. And especially if you're in the tech industry and tech sales, you have to be mentally prepared for the fact that your company can change strategy on a dime because things are moving very quickly in this industry. And over the course of six, 12 months, you can change the way that you go to market. You can change the yep. way that you prospect, the way that you qualify. So I do think there's a mental awareness you have to have going into this industry that you better be somebody that adapts and learns quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think um, to your point on our team, there were some people that recognized that tech moves pretty quickly and this is not necessarily what they want to do. And they left the industry. And I think that there are other people that see this as a real opportunity. And um Luckily at New Relic, you know, we have different segments and we see our enterprise reps getting their seven figure W2s and we watch that presentation. And I think for us, we're starting to see this as our foot in the door to get out of transaction to get more focused on, um, you know, really being a consultative partner. And it's making it a lot better for our long term ability to have great careers. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I I think uh, selling bigger deals, it's it's a little different skill set, but I don't I don't feel like personally I've, I've done small deals. I've done big deals. I think uh, it's almost the same amount of work. It's just a different kind of work. Um, it's actually been interesting. I found in oftentimes it's actually less work um, only because at least for us with some of the smaller vendors we were working with and smaller businesses, they needed a lot more handholding and they would ask you 10 times, can you find this document? How do I set this up? Can you help me configure this? Can you help me with yeah. that? And I was like, no, dude, you're spending like $100 a month. Go find it yourself. I have more <laughs> things to do. Um, and now some of these more sophisticated companies that have more technical people that are used to doing things on their own and are mentally trained to just be able to do more with their engineering teams, these people are more willing to do a lot of the work on their own, dig through the documents and only come to us when there's really something that's a challenge instead of they didn't want to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's for sure. Supporting them is almost, it's almost easier to support an enterprise co customer actually. Um, it, once they're up and going, they kind of just run it themselves. So uh, awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, is there anything I should have asked you, Jackie, that, that I haven't before we wrap up? Um, 
I think I'm good. Um, okay. I, I feel like, you know, for anyone who's listening, I, I came from an SDR background, moved to SDR manager, moved to AE. And what's been pretty exciting in my career is understanding how important it is for all of those different functions to work together. Um, and working with enablement working with whoever, um, I think I would just say that like, take advantage of the opportunities that you have to work more closely with people on your team, get the experience that they have, and then use that in order to really uh, take everybody to the next level. Cause everybody brings some unique experience and can definitely help, uh, expedite the process. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Teamwork um, across all the different functions and marketing and sales, like the more you're aligned, the more effective everyone's going to be. Yes. So. Okay, Jackie. Well, thank you so much. And if people want to reach out and continue the conversation, um, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, you can just go to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I pretty much add everybody who tries to connect with me. Um, and it's just Jackie Lipnicki and I'm working at New Relic. Um, and you can reach out to me there. And if we decide that it makes sense to move the conversation to phone or email, we can always do that as well. Okay. Thanks, Jackie. Sure thing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for past episodes, go to chatfunnels.com slash podcast.